Welcome to the Cutting the Onions Podcast, episode 56. Today, we are featuring our conversation with Chef Issa Tadros. Issa got his start in restaurants at the age of 14 years old and became an entrepreneur very, very fast. After working in kitchens in his teens and developing his craft, he took the plunge and bought a cell phone pager shop, and it was a huge success. Realizing his love for restaurants, though, Issa got back in the game and started developing his own concepts to rave reviews of everyone who dined in his restaurants. These restaurants included Rib Shack and Fly Chicks. After selling Rib Shack in 2018 and still feeling the love for barbecue, he began to think of the way he used to describe the food he was making in the kitchen as being made with Southern love. And that is how Southern love barbecue was born. This is a super inspiring conversation that existing entrepreneurs or anyone thinking about becoming an entrepreneur should hear. So enjoy this episode with Chef Issa Tadros, and we will see you on the other side. Issa, good morning. Good morning. Thank thanks you, for having so. me on your show, guys. I really appreciate it. Hey, Very thanks cool. for joining us podcast. on the podcast. We yeah, are love really it. Glad to have you. So uh, what we like to do at the beginning of every podcast is we love for the guests to kind of introduce themselves kind of tell us about yourself, kind of who you are, where you've been, and how you got here. And then from there, we'll just kind of dive in. Sure. So uh, my name is Issa Tadros. I'm the founder and executive chef for BAM and for Southern Love and a couple of other brands. Um, So my background, um, I've been cooking since I was a youngin. I'm an army brat. My dad was in the service, and I... um, lived everywhere, uh, Germany, Italy, Jordan. Um, my dad was stationed in, uh, Fort Hood, Texas, um, the first calf. And, uh, so I've like fell in love with barbecue since I was like four years old. And, um, my parents would take us to, um, Rudy's, uh, Rudy's barbecue in Colleen, Texas. Um, it was a little, this was like before they got, you know, really big. And, um, they had a little country store and a gas station in Colleen, Texas. And my parents would take us there and I'd get, you know, ribs and, and, you know, and, and um, so I've really fell in love with barbecue at a really young age. Um, you know, I've been cooking since I was like 14. I got a job at uh, a place called SNR as a convenience store in upstate New York, a really tough neighborhood. And uh, the owner there really took a liking to me and, you know, really taught me a lot of things. Um, you know, I learned how to cut meat. I learned how to, you know, really got into to the essence of sort of convenience store cooking, right? Um, and, uh, you know, I worked for him and, and um, you know, when I was 17, I started a cell phone business because at that time that was like, it, you know, that was, you know, I was working for a guy um, who really mentored me, Sam. And, um, you know, at, uh, when I turned 17, I think maybe, maybe early 18, I, uh, I opened up my first cell phone shop. Wow. So, uh, I had about $6,800 to my name, uh, working throughout all high school. And, you know, I worked at McDonald's, I worked different, you know, any, any job that I could get cooking or, you know, I just really at an early age, just really love, love cooking. And, um, you know, so cell phones and pagers were like a really big thing at that time. And I was like, wow, you know, this is really, this is really cool, you know, and I'm, I'm hearing that guys are making a ton of money and I'm like, okay, you know, I'll check out the cell phone world, you know? So, so what you're, I get saying, so what you're yeah. saying is that you were selling to old guys like me and Miles. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what you were doing. You're selling to us. So, uh, 
Yeah. So, it, you know, it was, um, you know, it was, it was really cool, you know, and I, I wanted a cell phone and I, you know, what I mean? and, and uh, so I, uh, I got you a job. You started a cell phone store and didn't have a cell phone yet? Well, I, I, no, I, I had a cell <laughs> That's phone. That's pretty cool. I worked, I worked with this guy, uh, I worked with this guy, Sam, and, uh, you know, later on became a mentor to me. And um, I worked for him. I managed a store when I was like 17. This guy's making like 40, 50, 60, 70 grand a month sometimes. And I'm like, geez, you know, geez, if I, I mean, if he's making 60, 70 grand a month. I mean, I should be able, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm the guy generating the money, right? You know, so, um, you know, I uh, found a spot. I had like $6,800 in my name. And um, I, uh, I, I do this, I do this, I do this one year lease. I'm like literally shaking my hand as I'm signing this one year lease. Right. And, um, and he really mentored me and said, Hey, go do it. You can do it. And, and um, I took that to heart and I got, um, you know, one company took a chance on me. They gave me a credit line for phones. I begged everybody and their mother to give me a credit line. Cause I literally only had $6,800 and uh, one company took a chance on me and I made my first, uh, I, I mean, I made it with that, you know, and, um, I started getting into the wholesale world. I was wholesaling phones and accessories. And then um, I did that. We grew that company and, you know, later sold it. And I got back into the restaurant world. Um, at 19, I opened up my first barbecue restaurant. Um, no, like no real ownership experience, right? Just, you know, a little bit of money, not, you know, and, and, um, you're like, you know, you're, you're I, like I, I cook at home. I can run a restaurant. I, yeah. I, I mean, it was just like, so like, so any, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, developed a menu, develop everything, you know, really from like, you know, just, I, I knew what I, I knew that, um, you know, so I lived, I grew up most of my life. Um, we grew up on the South side in New York, very rough neighborhood, you know, super, super urban, very underdeveloped. And the food choices just sucked. Like, just like no good food. And I'm like, you know what, I'm going to create something that, really gives this community like the best food that they can possibly get. And I'm going to keep it so low priced, right. And we're going to do a ton of volume and, and just really, um, you know, really give them, give this community something, uh, something great, something that's not just like, Hey, we're going to just serve food guys. And like, you know, you're just a customer and come in and buy it. You know, I really, really wanted to be a part of their community. And because I, I that's where I, that's where I grew up. That's where I live. You know what I mean? Um, so we open up our first site and it just goes crazy. We're hitting like 25, 30 K a week as soon as we open the doors and, um, we're like, okay, you know, this is working, let's expand. And, you know, of course it's like, you know, we're like in the middle of, you know, the crash hits of 2008, you know, and, um, you know, it was just really kind of, we expanded very aggressively. Obviously I'm young. There's, you know, you're, 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 you're yeah, I mean, you're, you know, you're making money. So your, your ego is like on cloud nine. And like, you know, um, I wasn't, you know, I was always a Christian religious guy back, you know, back then, but not as close as, as I am now, you know, so it's always like, yeah, I'm going to do this. We're going to make this if we're making 50 grand here, we should be able to do this. And it's like, slow down, buddy. And I was like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and uh, so we kind of really, you know, really aggressively, um, aggressively expanded. And um, I think, you know, we, we expanded right in the, the 08 crash. And you don't really know that you're in a crash until like years after, <laughs> right? <laughs> right, 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 right. So, you know, we said, okay, um, you know, we, we, we basically, um, what I ended up doing was, um, so the plaza that we're in, you know, they got bought out by another company and they're like, hey, you know, we're, you know, we're, um, we're, we're looking to, uh, 
you know, we, we need to go up on your rent and, you know, you have like 30 or 60 days to decide if we're going to go up. And I'm like, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to shrink everything down. Let's bring it back to the basics. I keep my delivery phone number because our delivery was huge back then. Like we had three, four drivers on, you know, big delivery business. We kept our number. We open up this. So it used to be a Wilson Farms, right? And, you know, Wilson Farms is doing like, a million two, they, they go under in this crash, right? In 2000, 2008, 2009, they go under. And, um, you know, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to take the Wilson farms over. If they're doing a million, I should be able to do the same kind of money. Right. My, my arrogant self back when I was, you know, in my early twenties, you know, so, um, they're paying like huge money for rent, you know, seven, eight, nine grand a month for rent. It's again, you're in the, a bad neighborhood. And, um, so I offered them like, I think it was like $3,500 a month, like a, a fourth of what they're already paying. And uh, so I'm like, I called a real estate agent. I said, Hey, you know, I don't have, I don't have a ton of cash and you know, I just have, you know, a little bit to get this place going. And um, long story short, I negotiated like a sweetheart deal with this space and I got into the convenience store business and I put my restaurants in there and, you know, we, we get this place doing big money and, and, um, you know, that kind of put me on a map. I, I, I sold that store. I come to come to Florida and uh, do a little bit of consulting work. And, and um, you know, I get into the food truck world. And, um, you know, then we do, you know, we get expand into malls. And, and, and um, you know, it's just been and then I got really into, um, you know, one of the challenges that we kept having was was staffing. And being able to follow recipes, especially for barbecue, as you guys know, it's like, you know, if you're a minute or a degree off, your entire batch is basically shot. Um, so, you know, what we basically did was just streamline our entire process um, and, and go from, you know, go from really, uh, we, we, we partnered with manufacturing facilities to basically take my recipe, my cooking method and um, mass produce it. And that's like, you know, we got into food service and, you know, that's where we're at today. And that's, well, that's that, kind of, that's the thing on what you're, what you're getting into is it's got to be repeatable, right? Correct. It's got to be easy to repeat by somebody that could be on their first day in Walla Walla, you know, and just, can they walk in and be able to turn out the product that you want to turn out? That's, that's, that's absolutely right. And, and the, you know, the thing is, is like you, we build these operations manuals, I mean, super, super simple, and it still doesn't really, you know, it doesn't really get followed to the best right. of its ability, you know, and it's like, well, you know, I think you need a little bit of salt here and you need to add a little bit of this, like, dude, just follow the recipe, bud. Yeah, and you know, like, I, I got more it. cayenne, so let's right, right, it right. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you know, exactly. and, and, and uh, so... At this point now, right, you're years into this, right? You've done a yeah. number of different things. So yeah. when did you start to kind of refine your vision to get you close to where you are now? Sure. Uh, that's a great question. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, pre, pre-COVID, you know, I would probably say 2016 when we we're kind of really expanding and trying to trim down, um, trim down the labor, trim down the footprint. Um, you know, one of the things that we're seeing is like, as our restaurants would get busier, our customer service lacked because the employees would get almost like, oh, come on, guy. You know, it's like, you know, you, you got a hundred tickets in your face and, you know, and we'd like, all right, well, how do we, how do we trim it down? How do we cut it down so that we kind of like, 
keep that customer service up and you, it's less focused on actual cooking and it's, it's less focused on actual, um, uh, you know, we kind of trim down the menu to where it's like, okay, you know, you know that these are your popular, you know, most popular selling items and it doesn't really take a lot of labor to get there. So, you know, that was probably 2016, 17. And, and um, you know, we started getting into more supply chain stuff. As you know, when we sold our company in 18, it was like, okay, um, we're going to just basically private label a bunch of product. So we're going to private label our pork, our brisket, our chicken, our ribs, our, our potato chips, our barbecue sauce, everything that we did. Let's just streamline it out and then um, offer it to people that, you know, let's say you had a burger place and you wanted to sell barbecue. Well, you could buy product from me and all you would need is pretty much like a steam table and, and a scooper. And then you could literally sell barbecue. And it was, um, you know, obviously amazing smoked barbecue. It's really, really good. We have a, you know, everything is proprietary to us. So it's like not something you can just go and pick up at a Cisco or, you know, it's not a boil in a bag. It's not, and it's not, not a product that's like boil. You know what I mean? It's just, it's a really, really good product. Um, so then we said we we start selling to convenience stores and 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 other restaurants and stuff, and we're noticing like um, they have challenges. And as easy as it is, like just scooping, serving it, or like you know, yeah. hey, you need to you need to add this much sauce to the pork, and it's like you know, I we would go there and we'd do like quality control check. I would go there and and you know, we would do these quality control checks, right? And it'd be like the pork is like way off, and I'm like, well, you know, what happened here? You know, um, and, you know, and and it's like. So then we, so then we decided, okay, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to do it so that there's no mistake. We're literally going to um, put everything in a two, in a two pound cry bag. Okay. So you get exactly eight sandwiches to a bag. You cannot mess this up, right? You literally just, all you literally have to do is open the bag, sir. And put it on a bun. It's that. I love your enthusiasm about. Uh, <laughs> you know, just, you I know, promise um, you, they're still getting seven sandwiches out of that bag. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, so um, that's really like. And then you know, we we did a lot of CPG stuff. Um, and what I found with the, the consumer product good stuff was like, you know, dealing with the big box stores. It's like you know, if your box comes a little wrinkled, they're like, hey man, we you know we we can't accept that. You know, and this is just like the outer cardboard box hey we, we can't come pick it up you know we can't accept that or you know um you know we uh we're really pricing you like we're pricing a sweet baby raised barbecue sauce so you really need to be because you know the grocery stores um i don't know how much you know how much you guys know about you know con consumer product goods i mean my biggest thing getting into stores was like yeah we need to get the brand out there get it you know get it noticed so i don't really care about what the margin looks like you know um, I just wanted that brand reinforced, right? And so we're making like four or five cents. Like it's, it's like a penny, it's literally a penny business, you know? And then, um, you know, everybody kept like the stores would compare us to like Sweet Baby Ray's barbecue sauce, which was like, you could buy like a gallon for like 40 cents. Like it's just, it, you know, they're crazy cheap because they mass produce so much of it, you know? And I'm like, hey, this product is a much more elevated product than Sweet Baby Ray's, you know? And um, so, you know, it was just kind of like a really, we're learning, you're learning kind of on the job, which I hate to say it like that, but that really essentially is what you're, you're kind of just really like learning and you're trying to make adjustments and what's best for your company. Um, so we're really, where we are today is like, we're completely, completely simplified, like really, really simple. Um, 
you know, our convenience store program that we're, you know, we're really getting more into branded convenience stores right now. This is like, you know, my goal right now is for really branded convenience stores that um, are going to take our product and really have a, have a great product. And then we have our other brand, Southern Love, which is like our really boutique-y, um, chef-driven menu, super simple to operate, completely ventless. Like, you know, you can operate it in 700 square feet, no, no hood. It's a like total build-out cost of like 55K. So, so the Southern Love, tell, tell us a little bit more about that. It's your, Man, uh, Southern Love is, is, is so amazing. It's awesome. And, you know, I really, really, we've really, really redefined barbecue. You know, our slogan is um, raising the bar in barbecue. Um, and that's absolutely what we've done is, is literally take all of my years of experience, what, you know, what I would like to see as a barbecue shop, because most barbecue places, right, is it's just going to be meat, sauce, and bread. That's it. And, um, you know, there's a, a lot of guys out there that are, are smoking their meat and, it, and, and, you know, it's all about the rub. And at the end of the day, smoke product is going to be a smoke product. It's not, you know, there's not, it, you know, it, it, what differentiates your barbecue is your sauce. And we literally have, and I'm not just saying this biasly, we literally have the best barbecue sauce on the planet. So yes. when I've developed this sauce, I've had this sauce for probably a good 15 years. And, um, it's a sweet and tangy barbecue sauce that we've literally took every, every barbecue culture and molded it into one bottle. So, you know, when you say Carolina barbecue, what's so good about Carolina barbecue? Obviously it's mustard based, you know, what's, tell me about that Alabama barbecue sauce, you know, that, that horsey radish, the, that vinegar. Um, so we literally took in every single great element of barbecue and labeled it and put it into one bottle. And it's just, completely from scratch it's not we don't buy a base and add a little couple things and call it our own it's a completely scratch made product and it is out of this world um you know bobby will tell you that bobby could attest to that i think it was very uh, good i may have made some ribs last weekend with some of that southern <laughs> love sauce and it was fantastic uh you know Issa, what i love about southern love and and you know i know you and i've talked about this and you know we'll get into this more in a little bit but uh one of the things i love about it is it wasn't always Southern love. That wasn't always the name, right? No. You know, no. and you had another concept. Um, it's the one you had in 2018 that you sold, right? Yeah. 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 But yeah. the way you described it to me, which I think was so powerful is when you would talk about the brand, you would say Southern love, right? You would say, yeah. and so can you kind of share a little bit about that? Yeah. I think that's really powerful. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, um, the way I came up with the name of, of Southern love was basically like, how I would describe my barbecue and how I would describe the attitude that I want my guests to experience and the sort of our company culture, right. Is to really feel like you're in the South and you're, you're just like, you know, that sweet tea and that, that, that amazing coleslaw and that, you know, it's when I described the menu to you, the best fit word was Southern love. So I'm like, you have that aha moment and you're like, Oh yeah. What, you know, it should be Southern love. That's what it should be called. And that's, it, you know, and, 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 um, you know, the, the product is one thing, right? It's like, yeah, you know, we have an amazing product. You know, our, our pork is like super tender. It's like really, really good. Um, but this, the, the, really the brand behind Southern Love is basically I'm taking all of my culinary journey and putting it into this, into this one concept. Like everything that I've gotten from making macaroni, like all of our, like making our mac and cheese and, and making this and, and our 
coleslaw or potato salad or, you know, collard greens, all of my skill set, I poured into Southern Love. And it's really, 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 truly self-driven. It, it's, you know, this menu took me a long time to really develop and really critique it, right? Because you, you want, you don't want like this huge, like huge menu, right? You, you, you really right. kind of want yeah. it simplified. Yeah. And, you know, we want to, we want to do like, I think we got like six, what is it? Five protein, five or six proteins and like, I think six or seven sides and that's it, you right. know? And then, and, and, um, you know, really Southern love just hit really home to me and, um, I'm super proud of it. And, you know, I, um, I love the, I love the fact that you can get, uh, this consistent barbecue product across the country. So whether you're in California, whether you're in Missouri, whether you're in Florida, it's the same high quality level product. We're making all of our sides in store. We're making some of the sauces. We're making all of our ranches, our, our blue cheeses, our dressings, all of it's all made in, in store from scratch. <clears throat> so it's not an item that's like, you can just go grab it from like Cisco or, and, and it's just slapped on there and you're ready to go. No, this is, this is a product that's very high level. It's, it's very chef driven and it's very, um, it's very quick, man. I mean, it's, I hate to call it, it's not, you know, Bobby had to, um, had to coach me the other day and, you know, that we, we call it kind of quick service, right? And, and Bobby's like, no, man, this is not quick service. This is, this is fast casual. And I said, well, <laughs> well, well help me out here. What do you, what do you mean? And, There's a and, branding um, difference for sure. Yeah. 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 So, you know, so I, I said, you know what, I got to stop calling it quick service because it is fast casual, right? It is, it is, um, you know, we, we are a, an atmosphered brand, right? It's not just, you know, you come in and it's like, we slap some food on a, on a plate and send you out. I mean, it is atmosphere. It is, it is a well thought out, executed uh, vision, you know, there's, and, and, there's and, more uh, experience to fast casual than there is. For sure. To, you know, for uh, sure. Yeah. 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 Sure. So, so your journey has been obviously amazing and we love entrepreneurs on here to, to kind of talk about, you know, the, the, you've gone through some really great times and then you talked about where you hit the time 08, you know, where it was really tough, you yeah. know, and, and, and we love the story of sticking to itness, you know, where you really stick into it and, and, and you make it happen and you continue on that journey, even though there are some tough days. And so for you, as you kind of went through those tough days and we're making those decisions on, no, this is what I'm doing. You know, like we talked earlier, you know, we, we talked pre-podcast about I'm not, I'm not stopping this and going to a bank and getting a job. You know, it's yeah. like, what for you, what kind of kept you going? What, what led you to continue down that path versus saying it was a good run, but I'm hanging it up. Yeah. So um, that's a, that's a great, a great question, man. I, um, you know, for me, this is my calling. It's not a, you know, it's not a job to me. It's not a, it's not a paycheck. It's not, you know, for me, this is a calling from God. It's not, it's not anything else outside of that. You know, it's not, for me, it's not like, you know, it's not like I go into work or, or I go into someplace and, you know, I'm, I'm sharing my, it's not just about really just sharing my product or just selling you a, a, a package of pulled pork. To me, um, I'm, I'm not only um, sharing my vision with you, but I, I really, I'm, I, what I want to see when I'm, when I'm, uh, when I'm meeting people or when I'm telling my story, I really want to be able to inspire others. And I want to be able to um, change people's lives, not just in a matter of like, all right, yeah, I sold this guy some pulled pork, you know, that was it. You know, for me, it's, it's much bigger than that. It's bigger than me. You know, I, I feel that, um, 
you know, not to get super religious on you, but I feel that, um, you know, when you're, when you put God first, um, you know, and, and your faith is very strong, you have definite purpose, nothing is going to stop you. Money is just a byproduct of success, right? I mean, a lot of guys are, you know, <clears throat> a, a lot of guys will say, okay, well, you know, how profitable are you? And, and, you know, and, and, you know, you got some negative cash flow, man. Hey, you know, you gotta, you gotta get out of there. And, um, and, and it, it's true, you know, it's like, you know, it, there is, you know, you do have these hiccups, you do have these, you know, issues, you know, I remember one time, um, you know, I, a mentor of mine had introduced me to a company that were, was going to put us in like 2,300 stores. And, you know, we're like, we're going to go from, you know, zero to a hundred million in like less than a year. And we're like, okay, great, let's, let's do it. And I, you know, I go out there, I do the presentation. They love the food. They love everything. And the CEO of the company is like, Hey man, we, we, uh, we love the, we love your passion. We love the vision. We love you. Um, but we want to acquire the whole company. We, we don't want to do a JV. We don't want a joint ventureship. We, we want to, we want to acquire it. And, uh, and I said, well, you know, I, I, we're really not for sure. So, well, you know, everything's got a price, right? Now this is, this is at a time where it's like, geez, you know, I could really use that money. You know what I mean? Because, you know, <laughs> right. you know, you're in the, you're in the height. And this is as recent as pandemic, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes, sometimes when you do the things for money, you're not thinking, you're not working with a clear head. You're not, you're like, that's short-sighted. You know what I mean? Um, and, uh, you know, I really, I really believe that with the amount of people that I've mentored and the amount of people that I've coached, I'm, I'm really changing something much, much bigger than a barbecue company. We're much bigger than a barbecue company. We're really, um, that, that's what keeps me going every day. Is, is that knowing that, you know, this is every situation that you go in is a temporary situation. It's not, it's yeah. not it. If, if it is it, then, you know, you're kind of in trouble, right? If you can't work yourself out of it, um, you know, and, and again, you know, if some people have the stomach for it, some people don't. I mean, if I told you all of, all of the negatives that happened to me, right, you'd be like, geez, man, I don't know how the heck you're standing on your feet, you know? Right. Well, and that, again, that's for us, for Bobby and I, you know, and talking to people, I think that's some of the stuff that we're really interested in because that's life, right? And people yeah. see, people see the Chick-fil-A's and some of these, you know, companies that were started and they see them now and they don't hear the story about how hard it was in year three for, for the, yeah. you know, for the guy, you know, uh, his name escapes me, but so it's some of those things that if we can tell those stories and there's yeah. somebody out there that is in year two and is thinking about hanging it up that sticks in there because they it's not easy and it's not easy for most people right it, it, you know and a lot a lot of guys don't like talking about the negatives right they everybody's right you know every, everybody's, That's what all we everybody, want to talk about <laughs> yeah i mean you know every, everybody's got the shiny suit on but you know yeah. really you know, um, the, the truth is it, it is, it is hard out there and it is, you know, it gets harder, but you got to really, you, you, you got to, you know, one of the things that I learned is, so, you know, I'll give you this, I'll give you this. Uh, so, you know, we're doing a ton of business, right. And pandemic hits and our business supply chain obviously is a disaster, right? So our manufacturing plant is like, Hey man, um, you know, your volume kind of dipped off a little bit and, you know, we got an agreement and, and I said, dude, you know, we're, we're in a pandemic. Like, what, like, what do you want me to do? You know what I mean? And, and it's, 
And I'm on the phone with this guy and I'm like literally about to, I know where this conversation is going. He's about to drop me, you know, because I'm, I'm no longer the guy that I was a year and a half, two years ago. Yeah. Right. And, and that's not a real partnership. You know, we're a real partnership. Everything is gravy, right? When, when, the, when money's right, everything is, right. everybody's happy when the money comes in, you know what I mean? Every, everybody's, everybody's your friend and every, you know, but the second things, things take a left. Yeah. Yep. No, that guy, that guy, that guy is looking at for his best interest. Right. And I said, okay, listen, man. Um, so like instantly that same week I was out looking for a new manufacturer. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, um, he's like, well, you know, let's, let's set up a meeting and, and this and that. I said, no, I'm not, what am I like? What do you guys want to do? Just cut to the, cut to the point. You don't have to, you know, and what I realized is that, you know, there's a lot of people that would tell you, Hey, we're partners and you got to really kind of weed out like what's a real partnership and what's not, right. what's, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that's something that I, I learned and that's something that you got to be very, you know, best moving forward for me. Um, I'm not saying don't trust people. I'm just saying that, you know, look at every angle in terms of like, what's their benefit and what's your benefit and, 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 you know, um, look at that. And that was a really big struggle for me because I'm like, man, I got, I got customers, bro. I, I can't, you can't just drop me right this second. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm hustling and bustling and I'm trying to find, you know, and distribution is way out of whack. You know, like there's, you know, there's a, there's a million issues going on at the same time. And how do you handicap that? You know, something that's completely out of your control. How do you do that? Right. And, um, you know, you got to, you gotta, you gotta roll with the punches, you know, and that's, and just know that your, your long game is still on track, you know, and everything that's happened to you right this second is just temporary. And that's, you need, you know, you need faith, you need God. There's no, there's no, I can't, that's the common denominator. I can't tell you that, you know, there's nothing else that I can tell you. You have to have a higher power that you believe in that knows that, you know, okay, you're good. You're okay. You know what I mean? Because you know, you have, you know, you have your own personal relationship. Like I have my relationship with my wife. I have my business relationship with my, my business, you know, be a business partners, you know, these guys that are buying from you that depend on product to sell. And yeah, a lot of moving people that you have to balance. And if you're, if your mindset is like, oh man, this is, we're going to, we're going to be done here in three, four months. I mean, that translates to your, it translates out. You know what I mean? Like it, it really like, you know, it really tells your partners, Hey man, you know, we don't got it. Or it tells your wife, Hey, you know, we really need to, we need to figure something out here. You know what I mean? And you got to keep your cool. And that's, you know, thank God I've been able to, to do that and really kind of hold that pressure together. I think you shared some really important wisdom there too, Isa. You know, last week, you know, we had a great conversation too. Uh, and it came up about how much are you willing to give up? Right. You know, Stephanie Stuckey talked about, you know, always know your cash flow, always know your burn rate, like really know, uh, do you want an investor model? You know, do you want to, do you want to, you know, and if you do, what type of investor do you want? And do you want to give up control? How much control do you want to give up? And I know you've walked through all that. Uh, you've had yeah. that exact thing happen to you. Uh, you know, and I know and they that, always come at the right time. Yes. Bobby. Yes. I they always, every, everybody's I got, everybody comes at the right time and, and, um, you know, good or bad, you know, something yeah. that, 
you know, something that I realized the past year, not every opportunity is an opportunity. Right. You know, uh, and just because you can, you shouldn't. That's right. You know, um, I really learned that, you know, because in my prior years, you know, you, you know, I'm a young guy, I'm, I'm 36, you know, so um, I've been on my own since I was like 18, really just, you know, I'm a support him. I'm, you know, trying to support my mom and dad and my brother's doing the same thing. And my brother's an army guy. So um, my father, my brother, all army people. Um, I never met the height weight requirement. So I, I was never able to join, you know, I always <laughs> wanted to join the army, but I was always a, a big guy. So, you know, I could, I could never, I never joined, but. Um, well, we, th we thank them for their service. Yeah. Yes, appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's, um, it's a, it's a, it's very interesting to see, you know, during these tough times, right? Who do you look for, for advice? You know, you go to your parents, you go to your older brother. These guys aren't business people. My, my, my mom and dad are not business people. They're two immigrants from Jordan. They're not, you know, my dad's 30 years in the army. My, you know, he's a school teacher. You know, my mom used to be a nurse in the Middle East and, and, you know, and they, they sometimes we're looking for that advice but we got to be careful who we're getting it from you know and I'm, I'm not blaming them but you know you talk to friends and they're like hey man man you gotta you know this guy's gonna buy this from you right now he's gonna give you this well, you better jump on it and you know then you listen to guys like dan Rowe, and it's like absolutely not you know you you gotta you gotta you got a billion dollar business here bud just calm down work through it and you know dan rose has been an amazing mentor to me you know, and he's like, just, we're good. You know, you're good. Just, we'll sell, you know, he, he, he it's funny because he calls this like, we're the subway of barbecues, what he calls it, you know, not, you know, cause, cause we can open up so many of these locations. Cause it's, you know, it's a very small footprint in Dentless, you know, and that's what he, that's plenty of what he loves about it, you know? And um, it's really just, just keeping your cool, man. That's, that's really, that's really, that's really what, what it is. You know, it's, it's, um, and, you know, I remember that, you know, I would, I would have a meeting all the way out, like 15 hours away and be like, yeah, you know, I, I can make that meeting. Absolutely. You know, and you, you're so, you know, cause I'll be honest, I mean, you're, you're, you're desperate for business, bro. You're not, it's not, it's, you know, guys that tell you, yeah, you know, um, if, if you're not aggressive, like things fall through the cracks. If you're not like, if it's not you, it's going to be somebody else. So you gotta, you gotta be ready to roll, you know? So for me, it's like, Preparation meets opportunity. That's your blessing. That's all, always, I always look at it like that. Like, you know, everybody wants the next level, but how prepared are you for it? Me, if you call me tomorrow and tell me I need to be in Idaho, I'm in Idaho. <laughs> you know, and oh, I, I need to drive there because I got to bring product with me. Absolutely. I'm on a road by 6 a.m. You know, and my wife is right there with me, you know. Um, so, you know, it's, it's really, um, it's really challenging, Miles. It's really it's 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 not a, it's not an easy thing, you know. But but God willing, you know, we'll get we'll get through it. And and you know, now we're now we got our supply chain tight. Now we have everything the way we want it, and and we're we're moving. You know, we're we're moving, and we're out of that we're out of that hump. You know what I mean? Thank God. So so what in your mind? What does the next five years look like for you for Southern Love? Like uh, for what, Southern Love, what are in the plans? For the, the next five years, God willing, with 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 God's grace, will be Southern Love will be the next. I would say it would be the next Chipotle of barbecue. 
um, because we've outlined it so tight where you can open in 500 square feet, you can open in a thousand square feet. It's completely ventless. Your entire setup is 55K or less. All the product comes to you, fully smoked, seasoned, sauce, ready to rock. It's a two-man operation. We cut the operation down to two people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I think I think BAM, for BAM, I think BAM is going to be the largest convenience store program in the country. Um, can you talk about BAM? Because I don't think everyone knows that acronym. Sure. So BAM stands for Best American Made. Uh, Best American Made, um, that name came to me when I was uh, younger. You know, it was... Uh, you know, my brother, I'll give, you, I'll give you a funny story. My brother, his name is Dave. Uh, you know, blue eyes, looks like Jason Statham, six pack with the V, you know, just, you know, white, you know, really, really white skin. You know, just, you know, he so looks like, like Jason Miles. Statham. So yeah, just like I mean, Miles then. <laughs> you know, um, you know, and, and uh, you know, and, you know, Dave, you know, my brother was, um really more on the American influence side. You know, he was my, my you know, he's my old, my, the oldest, right? Um, I was, you know, Isa, the Arabic name, which means Jesus in Arabic, right? Mm-hmm. Would, you know, would bring the smelly Arabic lunches to school every day that, you know, nobody would trade. I would, I would just want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich <laughs> so badly, you know, it, it, it's like, you know, it, it, it and, um, you know, I would just want anybody to trade with me just so that I would, like, you know, be normal. Like, you know, it's not, yeah. and, and now it's funny. Like, I drive three hours to get Arabic food at my mom's house. Like, you know, it's just it's just so amazing how everything turns around, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, people would look at me like, you know, weird. Like, you know, and it's like, you know, I'm, I'm born in, I was born in Tacoma, Washington. My dad was stationed in Tacoma. I mean, I was, so I, I was born in Tacoma. My dad goes, the year that I'm born, my dad goes to Korea. We go to the Middle East. I, I live in Jordan. And, um, you know, it, it's it's just funny, man. You know, so when I came up with the, the name Best American Made, that was really kind of like what hit home to me. And, you know, BAM was really for convenience. Or it's always been a convenience store brand. You know, think of, you know, I think of like Rudy's Country Store. I think of, you know, you know, I think of like, taking that long trip, you know, down, you know, going up the Carolinas or going, you know, from New York to Florida or, or going from, you know, traveling to Missouri. That's kind of where the brand got, a, you know, kind of came about, you know, it was really more like a family trip that you can get amazing barbecue at. And that was my family tradition. And I want to share it. Um, I want to share it with guests going to other convenience stores and not, you know, we don't want to be a product that is just like pre-made and you just, you know, you, grab it from a grab and go item and at a gas station. No, we want to give you a really high quality product. It's a super simple menu. We have a self-ordering kiosk. So it's a one-man operation for operators. Um, it's literally a one-man operation. You, you know, you're paying not more than 12% of labor. You know, your food cost is, is very strong. You know, the convenience store is set up a little bit differently, obviously, but, um, you're getting a fresh made product, man. And it's, it's just amazing. And we can, we can literally go into hundreds of these because there is no, you know, you don't really need anything. You need a cold well, a hot well, and, and, um, and, and that's it. You know, there's no hoods. There's not, everything is, everything comes to you ready to go. So we've really, really 
streamline that process uh, for the convenience side. And then on obviously uh, Southern Love is a little bit more, you know, much more entailed in terms of what the products are, what the actual menu is. It's a, like really two completely separate brands, like really, really separate, um, you know, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's sort of it. I mean, I think, I think uh, Southern Love is going to be the next big thing because really there's nothing out there in terms of barbecue that's a, a great product and that does not cost $600,000 to build. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not like a Dickies program, right? Like Dickies is, is I would probably say the right now, the largest barbecue company in terms of franchising. Um, but their average build-out cost is over 400K. I think now they just started to shrink their footprint. They're going into convenience stores too, actually. Um, I saw some of them um, and going in Texas and, and you know, I was in Houston recently and, um, you know, they're shrinking their footprint, footprint to like 1,500, 2,000 square feet, but their build-out cost is still super high. There you go. So I just want to make Miles hungry. So these are the, these are the uh, St. <laughs> Louis uh, pork ribs I made. <laughs> last weekend uh using uh that amazing sauce from southern love amazing so so you know um whether it is uh the hat from meat and bread or the <laughs> coffee mug that stephanie is gonna send us for stuckies that's right that's you know right. Issa, we 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 love to to plug Black products star. on here and, and you know test sauces is one of the you know items where that's i'm right. more than happy to, to you know help out so. that's right uh, you know, one of the things that I hear you say, Issa, when I hear you say that that brand, Southern Love, this brand could be the uh, Chipotle barbecue, uh, it's really exciting. And I shared last night with you a link to a video that, uh, and I'll also share this with you, Miles. It was it, it was super fun to watch. Uh, back in 2006, when the IPO happened for Chipotle and, uh, <laughs> everyone was so young, everyone was so young, but just incredible to hear kind of that vision and hear that journey. And of course, you know, Chipotle wasn't an overnight success and neither Southern love. I mean, yeah. you've, been, you've been refining this for a really long time. Yeah. And so while it seems like this is all very, very new in reality, you've been building this dream for a really long time. Yeah. Um, just like Steve did with Chipotle. And it was so fun to hear him talk last night about, you know, changing the way the world thought about and ate fast food and to hear him talk about bringing in the carnitas and, you know, charging a little bit more for those and, you know, being afraid of, of, are we going to price ourselves out? Right. And yeah, you know, that was, that was back in 2006, you know, when he was kind of sharing that story, you know, and you think now, you know, about that brand and, you know, 16 years later, and I think from a, from a brand efficiency standpoint and, you know, from a build out standpoint and from a low upfront cost of investment, I mean, I think you're, I think you're exactly right. I mean, I think the Southern love could, I think it's really uniquely positioned to, to do some pretty amazing things. And, and I just know for the store that we're opening here in Independence, Missouri, just watching the excitement around that. And yeah. I haven't shared this with Miles yet, but just seeing the tweets and the people from the Independence Square and the traffic walking by and people on social media. I mean, there's, there's nothing like that up here. 
Um, and, and this is a unique, a unique trade area for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kind of uh, right in the middle of downtown, you know, city hall and the courthouse, the police station, like it's a triangle and right in the middle of that Southern love. And, and, uh, but I think that it's going to play so well here and it's just a unique place to jump off for the brand. Yeah, I think, um, I think, you know, when you first told me about independent Missouri, I'm like, where, where the heck is that? You know, I've never even, and, um, it's okay. You're not the only one who says that, <laughs> uh, you know, but I, I know, um, you know, the conversations that we've had and I just know that, you know, with you, with you behind it, I don't care where, where it is. I feel, I felt very confident in your ability and in our ability to, to really um, showcase not only Southern Love's product, but be able to showcase sort of what your operational skill set is and collectively together, you know, you and I, um, I think we have something really special there. So that's why really it was just kind of like an easy, it was just sort of like an easy, yes, don't even think about it. Let's just do it. You know? Um, it does feel very, for me, um, just having been through the experience for Chipotle, you know, during those times with Chipotle, uh, it feels very um, Chipotle-esque in, in, in that um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's new, um, it's, it's young, you know, still young. I mean, yeah. when you think about Chipotle and the IPO, you know, they started in 1993. Well, the IPO didn't happen until 2006. And this isn't about Southern Love and IPO. This is, this is about that excitement of a young brand trying to change yeah. the world. Yeah. 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 That's, that's why I love it. That's why I love it so much. And that's why, you know, I love, uh, I love that, you, that you're a part of that. And, um, you know, really, you know, for, for me, um, I've been all around the world, literally in search for something really special. And how do I bring that to Southern love? And, um, and, or really, at, at, you know, really, how do I bring that in general, right? How do I bring that to the public? How do I, how do I share that captured moment that I had at Ruby's Barbecue since I was like four? You know, that's really what I've been trying to chase for many years. And, you know, not only what drives what what drives that business is a great menu, but also a great company culture, and also um, making it easy for the operator to actually operate. Um, I think where most franchises are like, okay, we're going to go to a market and let's pick five best locations and just start selling franchises. And we'll worry about the operation. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll put in this operations manual for the operator and that's it. They got it. You know, they can go where I think what I've done is do it backwards, right. Is really streamline the operation first locations will come right. right. And operators will come after. And um, so I kind of looked at it, you know, backwards, making sure that, you know, our supply chain is solid, making sure that the product is solid, the menu, the menu is, is spot on, um, you know, and, uh, you know, we've never done breakfast before. And, you know, Bobby's like, Hey man, we got to do breakfast. And um, I said, okay, let's, let's come up with a really cool breakfast offering. And, and we did that, you know, so I think, you know, what you being able to create items and, and be able to create menu items, not just um, not just where, okay, this chef doesn't know what the actual food cost is. And like, you're, you're gonna be 
a really a really great product, but your the the cost of it is so high that you don't make any money on it. Uh, but we have you know we have the ability to actually make a really really great product, have a decent decent margin on it to be successful, and um, and be able to be innovative throughout the process per demographic versus being very rigid and saying, hey, you know, this is what you guys are going to be selling. That's it. Um, so I, I, I like, you know, that's, that's sort of, um, that's sort of what I love about it. You know, one question that Miles and I like to ask a lot when we have these, these interviews is how do you connect the culture that you want to create to your vision? And obviously you've talked a little bit about kind of how you view it in terms of like, Hey, let's make sure we have a great product, right? Um, let's make sure we have a great location, make sure we have great operations, right? So how do you how do you connect that culture piece to like a vendor or to a supplier? Because I know that, especially as you're starting to grow and scale this, you're meeting with a lot of different people. And so how do you tell that story? How do you, how do you communicate to them Southern love? Like, so that they really understand it. So, because I think it's important, um, you know, I know for me and Miles both who work with suppliers every day all the time, that we're not just another account, right. we're just another, we're just not another line, you know, yeah. on their PL. like, like what we're doing is important. So how do you communicate that to a vendor? Uh, that's a, that's a super great way of looking at it. Um, and what I, what I do that works best for me is, you know, one, it's almost like an interview process, right? Um, how engaged is the person that I'm talking to when I'm talking to him about my brand? Number one. Number two, does he share, does he share that? Does he understand what my ultimate vision is? My, what my, what our, what, what our company's vision is, does he understand of how we're trying to get there? And does he have a place in that vision? So we have, we, I'll give you a prime example. We had, um, we had, uh, we had a, we had a really big opportunity with some stations down in, um, in Fort Lauderdale. I met with the owner of these stations and right from the get go, I knew he wasn't going to be a good fit. Now it's very hard. I'll be very, very honest with you. Very transparent with you. Sure. It's very hard to turn down somebody's money. I don't care. I don't care what anybody tells you when somebody tells you, Hey, we're going to do X amount of volume. And this account is probably worth a good hundred K it's very, very hard to turn it down. Right. There's certain red flags though, like in your initial conversation. So like, for example, uh, when we talked about equipment, well, you know, here's the equipment package. Here's what you need to operate. Well, I, I can find it cheaper through this guy. Um, somebody else could build me the counter right off the bat. I said, Hey man, I don't think it's going to work. And it's not that it's not, it's not that, um, you know, you know, Dan, Dan Rowe always told me the first, the first 10, the first 10 franchisees are the hardest, to, are, are, are the, the easiest to get, the hardest to get rid of. Mm. I hope I said that right. Yeah, sounds right. I don't want to miss, I don't want to misquote him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, and the, the point to that is, is like, you know, Right from the get-go, you can tell if, if, if somebody's going to be able to buy into your vision and really see the future with you versus, all right, no, this is just going to be a vendor to me. Or, you know, um, like this guy that I met with in Fort Lauderdale, 
he was just not re- like not receptive. He just like was all about cutting costs and all about like, you know, oh, well, you know, I have this countertop already. Let's just use this countertop. And I'm like, no, nah, man, it doesn't fit the brand, you right. know? Right. And, um, you know, and I think he's used to people just kind of out, you know, working around, you know, his, his, um, working around him and his personality, you know? So for me, it's, it's a lot of it has to do with, um, who are you actually doing business with? You know, because it's one thing to just sell a product and it's another thing to really sell a brand and, and really have that person deeply involved in your brand. Yeah. Um, if, you know, if you're, if you're, if you want to do your own thing, we'll, we'll supply you our product, but that's it. We're not gonna, we're not gonna brand it. You know, I have a friend of mine, uh, from high school, um, who you met actually, Issa. So you met Chris. Uh, yes, Chris. Yep. Chris is a longtime financial advisor and he's been doing this since he got out of college. And the, the, uh, the thing he says, this is kind of his qualifying thing for clients. And I think it works as well for people when they're talking to vendors, which is, um, you know, here's how I can help you. You know, I'm here to answer two questions today. How can I help you? And do you want my help? Right. Uh, and I think from a vendor standpoint, it's like, how can you help me with this restaurant concept? And do I want your help? Right. right. And sometimes that answer is no. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you may have the money, you may have supply chain, you may have yeah. the connections, you may have all of that. But at the end of the day, it's just not right. So, right. Right. And I it's, sharing yeah. That. yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, the other, the other thing of it too is that, um, most of the bigger, bigger guys that I talk to that want to do our program and, and, um, you know, they don't, they really don't, they look at you as a, as just a supplier. They don't look at you like we did a deal with a, a, a LTO program and I did not like the way we looked as a brand. We didn't, you know, we were, again, we were just a supply chain customer and they branded our product. I didn't like the way we looked. you know, we looked like we were a cheap product in a, in a convenience store. And I said, Hey, you know, what? I don't think this is going to work for us. Let's just go our separate ways. And, and, um, that was it, you know, and I think sometimes, you know, you want to early on, you want to collect as much data as possible, right? What works, what does not work, you know, and, um, you know, how, how do we, how do we grow this thing and, and grow it in a way that's sustainable and not just kind of like all over the place. So Issa, this has been really awesome. I have I have one more question for you, and then I'm gonna let you close it out, Miles. But but if you're um, if you had some advice that you could share with any young entrepreneur that is thinking about, just maybe even has a glimmer of an idea of wanting to jump into the space that you entered into all these years ago, and you're a young guy and you've been doing this forever. So what advice would you share to a young entrepreneur who thinks about, who might be thinking about wanting to get in the restaurant space in some capacity, whether it be a chef or an operator or whatever it might be, what advice would you share? Uh, fail fast and cheap. This is probably the best advice I'll give anybody. And, um, you know, it, you can't be, can't be afraid of, of um, can't be afraid of that you know, you, you gotta, you gotta be able to, um, you know, you, you gotta be able to, um, go out and experience it. It's not something that you can get taught in a book. You know, it's not something that you've taken a class for. It's something that you really have to go in 
know what you're getting into and not know what you're getting into. Meaning that you got to enjoy the, you got to enjoy the ride, the hurt and the, you know, the, the hurt and the hope, you know what I mean? You really have to, um, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot of people kind of prevent themselves from doing something only because they're looking at as a financial, as a, as a financial gain. And it's like, okay, if I invest, you know, um, like I, I've, I, you know, I've, I've, I've mentored a lot of, um, students in terms of like, you know, doing entrepreneurship classes and stuff like that. And, um, the number one question that people ask me all the time is, you know, if I invest this, what's my ROI? And it's like, you know, this really isn't the business that if you guys want to do that, that's great. You know, this, you know, go to Amazon, see what the highest selling item is on Amazon, buy that and sell that. There's, <laughs> there's no emotional attachment to it. Do that's, that's how you're going to be able to win. But when you're doing something like this, where you're, you're, you know, I create product with my hands that help others during the day. So when I look at food as a chef, I'm looking at that, that client is coming to me for 30 minutes. And for me, my experience or my guest experience should be that the world stops for that 30 minutes as they enjoy a product that I made. So it's like, forget the entire day happened. Give me 30 minutes of your time and $10. And I want you to be out of the world. I want you to be out of the world that you're in for those 30 minutes. That's, that's what I want my guests to experience. It's not about, okay, the sandwich cost me $3. I sold it for 10 and wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, get out. No, that's not what it's about. You know? So, um, you know, the, the other, the other piece of advice that I would give is basically share, you know, share your story, good or bad, you know, share your experience, good or bad. You know, I always, you know, people see me and they're always like, Oh, everything you touch turns to gold. And, and it, it, and I appreciate that. Right. But they don't understand that. They don't understand of the, how I, from, you know, from start to end, you know what I mean? And um, because a lot of operators don't, don't share that, you know, they're embarrassed by it or they're, you know, they're um, you know, so I, I think, I think that if you are going to jump into this business, it's a great business. It's, it's the most satisfying thing you could ever experience when somebody eats something that you made and it's like, wow, man, that was really good. That's like, I, money can't buy that, you know, and don't do it for, don't do it for the money. You know, the money, it, it's going to come, it, it will come. If you, if you, if you, you know, product drives business. If you, if you have a good product, man, they will, people will come. It's that simple, you know, and, um, just, just go out and do it. You know, this is just, you know what I mean? That's the only, only way I can say it is just, just go out and do it. You know, if you get, if you get beat, get back up and, and do it again and do it again until, until it works. You know, I was, when I first started bottling barbecue sauce, I was literally selling barbecue sauce out of my trunk to stores because I had no distribution at that time. Nobody like very early on, like nobody was distroing for me because we were, we weren't really a known brand yet. Like we didn't have nothing. So I would go to stores, I started out with pizza shops and I would go and um, try to sell my barbecue sauce for chicken wings. And I was like, Hey man, you guys want to try a, you guys want to try bar, you know, a, a sweet tangy barbecue sauce for chicken wings. And then that's how I would go and get accounts. And I got enough accounts to get distribution. And that's how I got into the distro was 
was I went to the distributor and said, hey, look, I got 15 accounts that I'm selling to, you know, I'm going to bring it to a competitor. I figured, you know, we can, you know, it would be a, what my sales pitch to them was, it would be a foot in the door for you um, to sell other products outside my barbecue sauce. And that's how I got distribution. Um, so you're hustling. You're a street fighter. Man, that's, that's what it's about. Hustling and bustling. So that is street fighting local <laughs> marketing is what that is. So I love sure, it. For sure. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Cutting Onions podcast for this inspiring conversation with Chef Issa Tadras. We hope you were inspired as much as we were because that was a great conversation. And we encourage you to share this on all of your social channels. If you find this content inspiring and helpful, please share it. That really helps us a lot and helps us be able to get the word out about the podcast so we can reach more listeners with some more great content. So thank you very much. And we look forward to seeing you back next week on the podcast where we have another great conversation that you will not want to miss. So have a great week and we will see you soon.